You're listening to the Pacific Northwest Cycling Report with Anique Chalier in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. We have got a very special guest tonight, Brad Ross. Welcome to the show, and Anique, take it away. Thanks, George, and welcome, Brad. It's a real privilege to have you here on the show with us tonight. Um, you, so you've been the organizer of the Cross Crusade Cyclocross Series for a number of years. How long has it been now? It's kind of a, it's been kind of a, I wouldn't say that it was like a job application that I filled out and, and got. It's more been a morphosis over the years. I moved to, I moved to Oregon in 1990 and I started racing in bike races and uh, mostly mountain bike racing. I'd never actually even heard of cyclocross. And then, um, at the end of one season, all my friends were like, well, you're going to, you're going to raise cross now that it's fall. Right. And I had never even heard of it before. And so I started racing in it and it was real small back then. Like it was every back then. <laughs> and then it just started to grow and me and a couple of like me and three or four buddies we're putting on a series or not really even putting on a series. It's hard to say we were putting on a series. It's like, we were just the guys that went out there and sort of put the flags in the ground and put up a table and people gave us $10 and went out and raced, you know, and we would have enough money at the end of the day for pizza and beer. And that was kind of the end of it, you know, and then it just grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And it finally got to a point where somebody needed to actually like, be a contact person, you know, throughout the year for the other 10 months of the year that the crusade wasn't going on. And that just, for, for whatever stupid reason, that was me. And so it's just, it's just been kind of amorphous over the years. Got it. Uh, so you've really seen the evolution of it become from something very grassroots to this huge, I don't know, as many as a thousand people participating in a race kind of event. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it turned into, it was about 19, it was probably 1995 or so when the, it became sort of a job in the fall. Like somebody, you couldn't, a person with a normal job couldn't do it anymore. You had to have, you know, if you were working 40 hours a week, you couldn't do this anymore. And so that was where I kind of fell into it because I was also putting on the Cascade Cycling Classic, mm-hmm. which is a road race, a big, you know, a stage race. And between the Cascade Cycling Classic in, the, in July and the uh, uh, Cross Crusade in the fall, that was that was basically sort of my job. And so I was able to not actually work at a full time job. I, I wouldn't be able to. I mean, with those two things, you can't you can't work at a job for while that's going on, you know. So that's sort of turned into my full-time de facto job, I guess you'd say. I was wondering about that. So how, how long, like how long before the crusade series starts, do you actually start planning the, the year's uh, races? My wife is laughing right now because it's never really stops. <laughs> it stopped just now because I'm retired. I'm finished with it completely, but it never really stops. I usually start planning the cross crusade while it's going on so like you know if i was still the race director of the cross crusade now i would already be working on the 2016 cross crusade at least with regards to getting the 
all of the scheduling and permitting going on for the following season, making sure our sponsors are happy with what we did this year and anything new we can do next year and already preparing to, you know, I go to always go to the world championships and well, it was in Louisville one year, but it's always been in Europe, you know, and we always go to that and meet with, not that we're affiliated with the UCI, but we definitely, you know, they know who we are and we know who they are. So it's a, it's a, it's a job that never really goes away. It's, you're always, you know, it kind of, it kind of walls off from, you know, February through July or whatever, because nothing's really going on, but then it cranks right back up and it's, it's a full, it, you're always thinking about it. It might not be a full-time job, but it's always there all the time. You're always thinking about the cross crusade all the time. Wow. I had read that um, you went to Europe to kind of check out the races over there and, and see what you could learn and bring back to the cross crusade every year. And I was curious about that. And um, like, what things have you seen go on at European races that you'd love to try out here, but just knew wouldn't fly with, uh, with our scene? It's more the other way around. I, I think that you know we we go to, we go to your, I've gone to I've gone to the World Championships every year since 2002. That me and Mark Gullickson at USA Cycling have been to more World Champ. We've talked about it. We've been to more World Championships than any other Americans. Um, and and the reason and a lot of people are like, well, yeah, the only reason you go is to drink beer and party and pass out in a corner and <laughs> it's a little bit of that but at the same time it's we do go because it is the it's the it's the uh what do you want to call it it's the it's the super bowl of the sport and for us the cross crusade you know granted everybody says well the cross crusade is just a big party and we're just all about putting on a big party but we do Okay, I mean, you race in the series you know we do everything we possibly can to make sure that it is the be- the best cyclocross race that we can put on for, I mean, we put on what I consider to be a USGP caliber cyclocross race every weekend for the people of Oregon. And the reason, you know, we, we go to the world championships to see the, the Super Bowl, like what, what is happening at the world championships? And we bring that, we bring everything we can. Obviously they've got a much, much, much bigger budget than we do. But we do everything we can to make our courses as close to what you would see if you raced in a world championship course. And how do we bring that same feel to a, a race at Cascade Locks, you know? Well, it definitely has a crazy vibe at the Cross Crusade. I've now raced a couple races in uh, Eastern Washington, and then just recently down in Los Angeles. And I can't tell you the stark difference it is going to some of these other environments and communities. And it was wonderful seeing what they had, but man, it makes me appreciate what you've cultivated in Oregon with the Cross Crusade so much more <laughs> because it's just, it's such a different environment. We have so many more people out there and it's this, it is a big party, but it's also such a challenging course that you guys create every week. Well, I think it's, uh, I mean, for me, the race itself is kind of, I wouldn't say secondary because we do everything we can to put on the best bike race we can. But really, it's all about, I mean, the, the thing that, I, I think the thing that has made the Crosshair say what it is, is that we put 
I think more emphasis into the community, you know, the whole community than the bike race. I mean, there's a bike race going on, but really it's all about like, are people having fun, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's the big thing. Is there a party going on? (laughs) Cause you can go and race your bike anywhere, but if you don't, if your friends aren't, if you're, if you're, if you just want to go and race your bike and turn around and go home when you're done, you know, you know, then you can go do that. But that's not what the cross crusade is about. The cross crusade is about what, you know, it's our goal to make that day or that weekend, you know, now we're going to these Saturday, Sunday events at the same venue. You know, we want to make that weekend the best weekend of your whole year. You know, there's 52 weekends out of the year. What can we do? as cross crusade promoters to make that weekend, whether it's Alpen Rose or Halloween weekend in Bend or PIR or whatever it is, how can we make that weekend the best weekend of your entire year? And the bike race is just a component of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's really clear. It's like a very intentional uh, step to make it a great environment for folks, as opposed to just sort of things that happen by chance. It, it really seemed like you guys put a lot of effort into making that environment as jovial as possible uh, for the athletes to come through and race. The goal is the goal is to make it seem like it happened by chance. Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't, you know. And it's I think the thing there is, you know, that we we actually listen to what people want, and we don't as as me as the race promoter and my crew and the OBRA officiating staff, it's, it's, uh, and this is, I think, a difference between what you would see at other bike races is that the race promoter, and I'm not, I don't want to say bad things about other bike race promoters, but, you know, some of, sometimes the race promoter or the race organization is, is a little overbearing about what you're going to do as a racer. You know, they have it, they have it completely planned out what you're going to do, where you're going to park, where, where everything is going to, and instead of you as the, as the participant, the customer, you know, we call it really, you know, it's not a, you're, you're a customer. So what do you, you know, what do you want to get out of the day? And so it's not, instead of me, Brad Ross saying, okay, well, there's a bike race going on. You're going to do this and you're going to do this and you're going to do this and you're going to race your bike and you do that. And then you're going to go home. It's like, no, it's you as the customer. You know, it'd be like if you went in a Nordstrom and you said, hi, I want a pair of tan shoes. <laughs> and they, they're like, well, no, actually this week we're not selling tan shoes. We're only selling black shoes and white shoes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I want a pair of tan shoes. And they're like, well, too bad. We don't, we don't sell tan shoes. That's kind of like some race promoters feel like it's their job to decide what you want. You know, well, I, in the cross crusade crew, have never felt like it's really, I mean, you're the one paying the money, you know, you're the customer. I mean, obviously there are, there are rules, you know, but uh, within the, within the rules of the thing, you decide what you, how, what is the, you decide what's going to be a great weekend and, and we'll provide that. So I guess it is a, like a, a collaboration, if you will, uh, between the promoters and the racers making it that great environment that we've experienced racing. Exactly. Yeah. 
And that's, it's a community, you know, that's why it's turned into this community. It's not like just a bunch of people coming and racing a bike and going home. Yeah, no, it absolutely feels that way. It's like, I want to spend my whole day there. <laughs> that's the goal. Yep. So looking back across these many years, what uh, would you say is like one of your, one of your most favorite memories uh, from a race? <laughs> There's probably a lot. Well, um, 20 years of putting it on and there are many, there are many memories. I mean, those favorite memories. I don't, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I, it's cool because I feel like, you know, we we raced out of Astoria one time, actually three times. Before we came here to Bend for Halloween, mm-hmm. we raced in Astoria for Halloween. And I had a lady come up to me, and she'd never even raced. Well, she'd raced cyclocross before, but just like, you know, she'd gone to some races. And then she came to Astoria for the Halloween weekend. And she can't, you know, they, everybody camps out and then we had live music and it was just a huge party. And she came up to me at the end of that weekend and she told me, and she was in tears, you know, it wasn't, she was, she wasn't making it up. She just said, this is the best weekend I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, that's kind of cool. You know, you feel pretty good for sure. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. It changed changed her worldview. I bet that day, that weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I know that some of these races you've used some interesting things as barriers for people to get over. So part of the idea behind a cyclocross race is we encounter barriers. And we need to get over them. Oftentimes they're just uh, wood, but I think you've also used like dirty couches. And things and tires and things of that nature. What's like? What are some of the craziest things you guys have cooked up with your crew as a for barrier in a, in a race? Well, the couch was a good one for sure. Um, yeah, this the last year we had a couch and that was a shortcut. So you had to if you you know you could take a shortcut and jump over this couch. And there were people. Chances are there were people like me sitting on the couch. <laughs> Halloween is out. Halloween is the weekend where we can do all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, the rest of our races, we do really try to be a, a, a legitimate cyclocross race. We do actually UCI. Our courses are very close to what you would see if you went to a UCI Category 1 bicycle race and everything. But Halloween, we were like, ah, script. We're going to go crazy. <laughs> so we've jumped over couches. We've jumped We have coffins. You know, this this year we had, a, you know, coffins that we jumped over. We put a smoke machine under one of the coffins once one year so you couldn't even see through the, <laughs> even see where you're here. You jump over a coffin and there's just a bunch of smoke, which was pretty hilarious. And let me see, what else have we done? I don't know. I mean, tire the tire thing, we've done the tire thing a number of times, you know, like the whole Marine, like the Marine camp, boot camp thing where you have to, you know, run through the tires and yeah, going uphill where they all kind of wobble yeah. all over the place and they're never very stable. <laughs> what we haven't done. We always wanted to have like a burning pit of sterno fluid, and we never did that. You know, like the stuff that is under. You know, when you go to brunch mm-hmm. and underneath the underneath the lasagna that they're trying to keep warm, they have this little sterno yep. things. We wanted to just fill a whole pit full of that and like. 
light that on fire so yet. <laughs> it's that. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe the next maybe whoever takes over the cross we said they'll do that. This burning pit of sperma fluid, that's the one that we didn't do. <laughs> Were you worried about like liability or something? Worry about liability, no, we just didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so do you have a like a uh, an anointed person to come in after you now that you've announced your retirement from all this fun? Nope. I don't know what's going to happen. Honestly, I'm not, uh, I haven't, you know, I wish I had some figured out thing to say. This is actually my first interview since I retired. So I don't have any sort of prepared thing to say about that. I, um, have a really good, have a really good crew, just, you know, 10 folks that have, traditionally you know worked for me mm-hmm. on the crew and they're totally on board to be you know continue to have the cross crusade thrive um but they're not gonna have well unless i don't know i don't know i mean i've been sort of that like i don't know what you want to call it like flagpole leader type person mm-hmm. and i have the personality for it i can boss people around without pissing people off and everything and so i've been good at it for 20 years and i don't know so hopefully i'm honestly i'm i'm done i'm out i won't be there next year i won't i won't go to i will not be don't look for me at a cross crusade race next year yeah which is kind of hard to say but it's true i just mm-hmm. am not going to be back and so somebody else is the crew, either the crew, I don't know. Yep. I don't know. The crew, the crew will figure it out. I'm sure. I'm sure you've you've given them a lot of a, a great example to follow. So I'm sure they'll they'll pick up the slack <laughs> somehow. Well, what will you be doing with all this newfound freedom? I'm gonna not even probably make any decisions for a while because I mean, like like you know and a lot of people know i mean the cross crusade has been my identity for 15 years i mean with the exception of the fact that i'm married to my lovely wife melody and i have a 11 year old brett i i'm the cross crusade guy you know when i go into the grocery store everybody's like hey it's the cross crusade guy <laughs> so, i'm you know i don't even it's like having the same career for 15 years or 20 closer to 20 and then just being done and i'm gonna i'm not even know i don't i'm gonna i mean i know everyone in the industry from everyone and so i'll probably continue to be in the industry somehow just because i have so many contacts but i'm in no hurry i don't know you have some time to figure it out so no need to rush to judgment it sounds like you probably have some ski plans first to take care of yeah, I'm going to be skiing tomorrow. We got uh, 15 inches of snow on the ground here in downtown Band right now. So I think the mountain got even more. The mountain opens tomorrow. So if you're looking for me tomorrow, you know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So maybe uh, some uh, future questions. Like, where do you see the cyclocross world going to in the next five to ten years? Like, what... Where do you envision it, it it landing? And it does it needs to be reinvented for sure. And I feel uh, kind of 
I don't know. One of the reasons I, I left when I did is because it's kind of gotten stagnant right now. I was, I was there for this huge explosion in the growth of the, of cyclocross, not just here in Oregon, but throughout everywhere. I was one of the co-founders of the USGT of cyclocross. And so, you know, we, we saw that whole explosion of growth in the industry got completely behind it. And now there's, I mean, every single bike manufacturer has a full line of cyclocross bikes, which wasn't around when I was first getting involved. And, but at the same time, the sport is kind of, you know, it's a little stagnant at the moment and the numbers are actually, you know, going in the wrong direction. Mm. And it, it's a great sport. I mean, it's, it is, it's an awesome, awesome sport. And I see it as being a sport that is just a, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, I, I, well, I've always seen it as kind of like an adult league sport for people that aren't in team sports. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't, if you don't want to go and play, you know, what do you do if you're 30 years old and you're, you don't play baseball, you don't play, team sports you know it's a sport that you can go out and do and still have be a part of a community mm -hmm. and have a lot of friends and go out and do it just like you would play you know adult league softball in the summertime things like that and so i think it's just you know somebody's gonna have to get the word out to people because there's so many people out there in the world that aren't racing cyclocross that don't that need to be racing cycle cross. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is that can appeal to a lot of different ages and a lot of different skill levels and still be fun. So I mean, when you compare it to road racing or some of these other bike racing environments, it, it really, it is unique because it's like 45 minutes, it's self-contained a little bit and you don't need a lot of special gear necessarily. And you know, so it, it, it does kind of have that appeal to a lot of different types of people, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, you can be, I mean, look at the Cross Crusade. We have people, we have 70-year-old men. Oh, men, well, no, I don't know if we have 70-year-old men. We have 70-year-old people. We have very overweight men and women. We have little kids. We've got, I mean, you name it. And we have people racing in the Cross Crusade, that, and they love it. And they take that race as seriously you know, just because you're a, you know, 55-year-old, somewhat overweight woman or man or whatever. I mean, just making it up. But you take that, they they take their race as seriously as anybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, just because they're not professional and they're not making money off of it or anything. And so, I mean, that's what's cool about it, you know. And then there's this whole community behind it. And you need to... You know, other race promoters need to take much more of a look at how do they get turn it into an of not just simply a bike race, but a, but a, a bring the whole community together and have it be an event that everybody can come together, just like a big potluck. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a big potluck, and there's a happens to be a bike race going on. You know, yeah, that's what I see as well. I don't know that's that's kind of missing throughout the rest of the world um, with the sport. And then here in Oregon, we just need to do, I think we need to do a better job at getting the word out to people because 
even here in Oregon, it's not, you know, it's the numbers are going in the wrong direction. Yeah. I was, I was going to be my next question. Like, what would you, what kind of advice would you give a promoter? Um, if you were offering them advice on how to organize a race, and I think you just answered it for me. <laughs> I'd say go out to every single bike shop, go out to every single bike shop and make sure that every time somebody buys a bicycle, and I'm not just talking about cyclocross, but bicycle in general, make sure that there's, and this is maybe something that isn't a race promoter's job as much as like a, a sanctioning body. Mm-hmm. you know, a, a sanctioning organization or something. Why, why isn't there some sort of, you know, you, you know, when you go out and buy a, I haven't actually bought a bike in a long time, but when you go and buy a bike, you get this whole little pamphlet of stuff, you know, why isn't there something in there saying, Hey, are you interested in bicycle racing? Well, check out the Oregon bicycle racing association. Here's our website, you know? So somebody goes to river city bicycle shop and they buy a new Cannondale, whatever. And right there, it's like, Oh, you know, I mean, that would be a start. It's not going to be, but at least every time somebody goes, I mean, if somebody goes and buys a bicycle, they probably have in the back of their mind, they probably like, wow, I'd like to go fast and do a bike race, you know, but they just don't know how they just don't know even where to start. Like, where do you start? If you don't know where to start, what do you do? I mean, Oh, I just, instantly go on the USA. Oh yeah, I, of course I would go on USA Cycling's website and USA Cycling's website is so easy to navigate for us complete newbies that just bought a bicycle this morning that of course I'm going to buy a $95 racing license and give a bike race a try. <laughs> you know, I just maybe make it a little easier for people to try it, you know? I think that's a really good um, good suggestion. I know that I'm, I'm relatively new to bike racing and it's taken a lot of advice from people to help me navigate the different websites, the different organizations, the different race environments, all of it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely not the clearest, um, out there. Um, well, I don't know what else, uh, George, what other questions should we be asking Brad? Uh, you know, it's about quiet. time to wrap it up. Okay. Well, Brad, I'm really excited we got to talk with you tonight. And I just wish you all the best on your next chapter. Uh, and I hope you have lots of fun with Melody and your son. Different kinds of fun than putting the race together. Uh, and maybe we'll see, will you still be organizing the um, your other road race? I don't know. Okay. Well, well, maybe we'll see you there. <laughs> I, and I work I, in the summertime. I work uh, on USA Cycling National Championship events, okay. but at the moment, I'm not sure about that even. Okay. Well, <clears throat> thanks so much for spending your evening with us, and uh, I wish you all the best on the next chapter. Take care. Good talking to you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Brad Ross and Nick Chalier. Pacific Northwest Cycling Report on Over the Top Cycling, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.